0: They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this, and I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. And because as a sales guy, dude, I was just a gunslinger. You know, I would just go until I got a deal done. I didn't care about the numbers. I would just go until I got a deal done. And as long as, you know, I was getting deals done and I was hitting my overall goals, it didn't matter.
1: And one of the things that we teach is, which fits right in with what you just said, is you should be in those sales meetings. You should be working on disqualifying them. You're not trying to qualify your prospect. You're not trying to find that one reason why they should do it. You're trying to find all the reasons why they shouldn't. So it's, you can you can also be good saying, you know what, I don't think I'm a good fit for you. You know, let me introduce you to so-and-so. But, you know, setting that up front because, you know, it's always funny when you tell a prospect, yeah, I'm not going to sell to you. Uh, But And then they just wanted more.
2: Tracking your your metrics, it's like your stats card, right? You gotta track your metrics, you have to set goals and you have to conduct training and it has to be done. This isn't like a, a good to know, like, oh, that's a good to know and I could do that. This is like a requirement when it comes
0: to sales. All right, Greg. So like me, there's many people out there that did the freaking leap, right? We spent a lot of years in the corporate gig, you know, making a crap ton of money. And we thought, oh, shit, I can do this on my own. And we jump out and you know launch our own damn business. And then you get out there and you're like, oh, shit, now I really got to sell. This is my game, right? And you got to go through that process. For the people who've made the leap, where do they start? How do they get the sales dialed in and how do they get this shit figured out?
2: That's a a good question, Donnie. I would say start with the fundamentals. Okay. Uh, A lot of times I was actually having a coaching conversation with one of my agents yesterday. Nice. And, and he, and he, he got on the phone he was like, Hey, here's what's going on. And he's laid out the situation and it had to do with like the leads he was using the lead flow and the, and the, um, the amount of business he was getting from his leads. So he's like, I'm thinking about changing my leads, this, that, the other. And so I was like, okay, well, let me ask you some questions. Right. And I said, well, have you, have you made any sales from those leads? He was like, yeah. Okay, um, how many leads have you gotten in the last month? He's like, I've gotten 35. Okay, how many of you actually talked to? Because he's like, he's like, I've ran through half my leads. I've I've <laughs> satisfied. Okay, how many of you actually talked to the 35? He was like, well, maybe it was a quarter. Okay, so how many <laughs> t- did you talk to? Maybe about 15. Is it maybe about 15? Oh, or 15. is it 15? <laughs> and I, he was like, uh, I think so. I was like, are you tracking your dials and your contacts? No, why not? Right. And so, and, and so I, when I, when I broke out the system with him, I was like, dude, sales is about fundamentals. These are about the soft skills that, that people just nine times out of 10, we're like, we don't need to do that shit. Like right? oh, do the photo, I'll dial whatever, but we are emotional creatures. We make decisions based off of motion. Okay. So if you don't get so many so many answers after so many dials, you think, man, I've been dialing all day and no one gets my <laughs> phone. But when you actually track the numbers, it's like, dude, you did 45 dials in three hours, you're <laughs> dialing slow as shit. You're not really actually tracking every, anything. And you're letting that emotion come in because you didn't have the answers that you expected. You had the wrong expectations. Track your numbers, right? So I try to teach my agents When they're coming in, especially brand new, they're coming into sales brand new. It's there's, there's the fundamentals that you have to learn and it's tracking your, your metrics. It's like your stats card, right? You got to track your metrics. You have to set goals and you have to conduct training and it has to be done. This isn't like a, a good to know, like, oh, that's a good to know. And I could do that. This is like a requirement when it comes to sales because you're working for yourself now and it takes even though you have those emotional moments where you're like, man, I'm making all these dials, I'm doing all this work, nothing's happening. Well, the data will show you the truth. So then you can look at the data and say, Well, I only did 45 dials. It's not that much. And it's only I have 35 leads and I did 45 dials today. I could dial each one of these people three times. That's at least gonna be 110 phone calls-ish, right? So let me go in and get some more dials and then and, and see where I'm at, right? And it takes away that emotion so that we're not uh, spiraling out of control. Because sales can be negative, as you know. You you went around this door knocking and like getting your <laughs> teeth kicked in, right? Right. So it it takes all that emotion out when you track the numbers. And I told him, I was like, so let me get this straight. I was repainted the situation. I was like, you're, you have this lead source that you're paying for, yes. And you got 35 leads, yes. And you have sold off of them. Yes. I was like, how was that conversation? were were they intentional? Was it a good conversation? Were they looking for the product? They knew what you were selling. He was like, oh, it was a great conversation. Okay. So you have an intentional lead source that you sold off of. How much did you make off of it? Oh, I made about $3,000 off that sale. How much did you pay for all those leads? Those 35 leads. I paid about 2000. So you made one sale and you made more than what you paid for the entire month. And you're you're not even tracking your numbers. I was like, you could have talked to seven people for you know, right? So I just well, thought, I was like, dude, I, I told him that there's, there's something I was told a long time ago when I first got into sales, someone looked at me and said, dude, you're not special than you think you are. You got to follow the basics.
0: I think I he just hit me in my stole.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like looked right at me. And, I, and this guy was like, I was like, this mother is calling say i on my special, I don't know if I can curse on that, how much I can curse on this. <laughs> oh, you can cut your ass off. You're fine here. You're fine here. I was here. Like, this motherfuckers, at me and <laughs> my eyeballs and tell me I'm not special. I like, I got an ego. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm going to squash this guy. But he was right. I wasn't tracking my numbers. I wasn't going to daily, ch- weekly trainings. I wasn't working on my scripts and practicing mm-hmm. on my off time. And I didn't have, I didn't have a detailed schedule that I operated by. And I didn't have any goals. I didn't know like I didn't know where I was I didn't know where I wanted to go and I didn't know the fucking pathway right that's that just that right there will give you clarity in your business give you a way forward and it's gonna help immensely the, all the the scripts all that that shit's gonna come like what to say how to say it the tonality all that stuff comes with doing the reps but you're not going to be able to do the reps if you're not doing this the the, the soft skills of owning and operating your own
1: business. Well, and the thing with most salespeople is we want immediate results. Yeah. So we do something a day. We do it once. And we're like, if we didn't get the results we wanted, we are like, oh, that doesn't work. And then we want to move on to the next thing. There's no concept for, for for people like us to literally, you know, to say, all right, so I'm going to give this three months and I'm going to track it. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to figure out if this worked or not. It's literally, Oh, I went out and door knocked. I didn't get any appointments. Oh, that doesn't work. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do a trade show. Um, So, you know, it's, that, that numbers tracking is huge. When I was doing selling Nextel, I knew all my numbers. I knew how many, how many dials I needed to make to get to talk to so many people and to get so many appointments. And then that was my weekly goal is go, like, all right, I need 10 appointments. I need X number of dials. I hit that number and I was done. Whether I got my 10 or not, the appointments, I was done because I knew on average it was going to, you know, next week I'd make more. And it was exactly. gonna work out, and, and then I would go do the. Saber. Yeah, exactly, and then the rest of my time, instead of trying to force myself, oh, I didn't get my ten appointments. I need to go do a bunch more dials. I'm gonna go follow up with my existing customers and do my other sales stuff. But it kept me sane. Yep. Man, I'm going exactly
0: I had to do. Tattle on myself here, a second. I never tracked my numbers until I owned a business. And because as a sales guy, dude, I was just a gunslinger. You know, I would just go until I got a deal done. I didn't care about the numbers. I would just go until I got a deal done. And as long as, you know, I was getting deals done and I was hitting my overall goals, it didn't matter. And it was a thing. I'm like, why would I track when all I got to do is go get a deal? And and I did that for my entire sales career until I launched a business. And what I realized as Kevin so famously says, Donnie, not everybody's like you, right? I have the ability to go out and get business and sell, but not everybody can sell the way I sell. So we actually had to come up with a number system. I promise you, I regret not tracking my numbers all those fucking years because now that we have the numbers and I can see that we're getting one out of eight, you know, from straight cold reach out to client, I'm like, holy shit, if I'd have known this back in the day, how much more, more business, focused. right? Oh, it's insane. Oh man, yeah, Because it now, now it's like, right. I'm like, okay, I an hour a day. I can do my 10 reach outs. Cause that's what we have to do on, you know, every day. And we know the results are going to come from those 10 and I'm like, Jesus, if I known that I could have been doing so much more crap to grow, you know, my business back then as a sales guy, it's, it's huge. It's leverage. You know, thinking about this guy you're talking to, I I, am more interested in, he only did 15, supposedly. Supposedly. He closed, supposedly, one out of 15. I want to know what happened to the rest of the sales conversations. How do you drop 14 when they're warmed up and teed up like that?
2: Well, he had another, he had another sales call scheduled for today. Okay. So he had another one scheduled for today. Because uh, we had a, we had the conversation yesterday afternoon, late after, late yesterday afternoon, and I told him I was like, "Well, what if you what if you actually talked to ten? What if you actually talked to seven? Can you tell me with a certainty that you talked to 15? He's like, I, I, "He's like, I can't. He's like, I'm guessing." And I was like, "Dude, for all you know, you got thirty more leads in the hopper that you have, right?"
1: <laughs> well, uh, and and that's that, that that's, oh, it drives me nuts. The whole concept that they are. <laughs> well, no, the fact that. He's paying $2,000 a month for leads yeah, and can't tell you if the leads are working. Yeah, You know, how that is, that is marketing 101. If you are going to spend money on some sort of business development lead gen thing, you need to be able to come back afterwards and say, yes, here's what we got out of it. And that was drilled into me by my sales manager. Cause I would always come to him like, oh, I want to go to this thing. There's this trade show. Let's go do this. Or, you know, this association is having this thing. Let's sponsor it. And, you know, it was, all right, yes, I'll give you money for it, but you have to come back and tell me if it worked or not, because if it didn't, then we're not going to do it again. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, that is just standard. You know, if you're going to drop two grand a month, you how do you tell what's going on? If you aren't tracking, you know, we got 35 in, I actually was able to talk to 25 of them, had appointments with 15 and six of them closed for $18,000. Yeah, yeah, this is good. We're going to keep going. Yeah. Or maybe let's work with the appointment setters and figure out, all right, so how do we get more of these, like these eight, you know, this drives me nuts. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> I think, right. I think it to, to drive the point just a little bit further home, if you don't mind. Um a lot of times you'll, you'll, I'll find that sales agents will start to track their numbers at the beginning. So like, yeah, cause they're all excited. Everything's right. Good, right. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then they'll do it for about two months. And then I'll be like, Hey, you tracking numbers? They're like, yeah, yeah, I know my numbers. I'm like, okay. So, um, did you track your numbers this week? They're like, no, no, no. I already know my numbers. Okay. So, um, then you know, your numbers so well that if I said, Hey, you got 10 leads of this specific lead type, how much is that going to equal in sales? What's the end result? Mm well, uh, it just depends. No, 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 no. You don't know your numbers, bro. You don't know your numbers. And, and too often we don't have the other part of this is the consistency. We think that we know it well enough. We think that we're good. We do the reps a little bit. We do the reps that like gets us into like the JV league. And we think that we're Michael Jordan, right? We think that we're like, Oh, we're the best. Oh, what? No, you're not bro. Like y- you gotta be so good that you have gotten sick of doing it. You got to get so good that you've gotten like you've gone 10 times farther than the point of when you got sick and you and now you just do it because you're just like, well, I, like I fucking know chess passes, I'm going to keep practicing every single before every game kind of thing. And they don't get that concept. That's if you want to be great, that's what you got to have to do. And so I I will stump an agent every single time. I'll be dude, I, I know my numbers. I still track my numbers. And I know my numbers so well that if you're like, hey, I'm going to give you 10 leads. I know exactly how many sales I'm going to get from that before I even dial them. I know how many appointments I'm going to get. I know my conversation is going to have. I know how many closes I'm going to get. And I know how much money is going to come from it, period, and stuff. And that's, you know, how, I, that's how well you get to know it.
0: I, I love it because I, I, for me, we're not getting inbound leads. When, that's never been our focus. We're, we're cold outreach. Um, yeah. And I've just always worked that way. And now that we've set this this goal of every day, the entire our entire leadership team will do 10 reach outs a day. There's a wicked set of accountability there. I thought I was really good at cold outreach business development until you put a number to it and like, okay, we're going to do 10 a day. No matter what, we're going to do 10 cold outreach a day to very targeted people. And if you get working in the day and you don't do the first thing in the morning, you get to the end of the day, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to do my 10 because everybody else can see it, right? Now there's this level of accountability. And you're not going to be the guy that drops a fucking ball. Yep. And I think that's that's the huge portion of it. Success Champion Networking has been by far the coolest project we've ever built. You know, bringing together like-minded, badass CEOs and business owners that are rapidly growing and scaling your business. When you do networking the right way, you can't help but, you know, open doors for others, help others build their businesses, and they help you build yours. You know, it's time that networking got an upgrade and with Success Champions networking, we've literally changed and solved the problem of what most people hate about networking, you know, no multi-level marketing, you know, no scams, you know, you've got to be a legit badass to be a part of these groups. So if you're looking to up your game, grow your business, scale and go bigger, come hang out and SuccessChampionNetworking.com. networking.com. Something else you said that I want to talk a little bit further through is you don't have to, the sales scripts will come, you know, what to say, how to say it will come. I'm such a firm believer of just go get punched in the face yeah. figure it out, learn your voice, learn how to, because if you screw up enough conversations, you're going to start learning how to have that conversation. Do you give people some sort of flow that they should start with, what they should say with, or or, or the likes, or you just let them go get punched in the face?
2: I give them a framework. I don't okay. give them a specific script because everyone's going to say something completely differently. So I break up uh, for us in the insurance industry, I give them a framework. So I'm like, hey, okay. this is... This, and this this goes for, honestly, any industry in sales, okay? The first thing you want to do is, uh, I just frame the appointment. And it's just an introduction. And it's short. It's not about me. And that's the problem is that a lot of salespeople are like, well, I got to like I gotta build rapport. And I got to tell them who I am. And I got to tell them, like, here's my certification. And there's... Dude, they don't care. They don't give a shit. They don't care. So all I do is just like, hey, today, all we're going to do is have a quick conversation. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm going to see what you're looking for, what's most important to you, and how I can even help. And if it seems like we're a good fit, if it seems like I can help, then awesome. I'm going to show you some options. And if one of those options works for you, fantastic. I'll be your advisor moving forward and you'll be stuck with me. Is that fair?
0: And they're like... Freaking great. Love that. Yeah,
2: That's fair. Done. My introduction done. 30 seconds. I don't got to talk about myself no more. Now it's all about them. I already set the stage that like, hey, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Now I have to ask them questions that are open-ended, the Socratic method I like, and it develops out where they currently are. And then through those questions, I find out where they want to be, and I develop the gap the pain gap. Yep. And then I put yep. my product in that pain gap as a bridge between where they are and where they want to be. It's that simple. But we I've always tell you, them
0: to, to play the detective here, right? This, 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 yeah. this is a portion of the meeting where you just go in and uncover everything.
2: Absolutely. And it's, it's just question asking. there is no script to that, right? It's just being a genuinely curious human being. And I'm like, be like the two year old that's like, Hey, daddy, why is this guy blue? And you're like, well, <laughs> because it, it just is. But why? because god made it that way why'd god make it that way because he saw fit to it why did he see fit to it you're just like stop asking me questions <laughs> like, you, you have the worst
0: kid's voice ever just so you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to channel my inner my, my my youngest son's grace i'm trying to channel my inner grace uh, so um you know, I'm like act like you're that young child that's curious and trying to find out everything and why. And you'll go down some rabbit holes and that's okay. But with every bit of information they're giving you, they're giving you almost like ammunition. And you're just loading your pistol. And it's like when it comes time to close, you have all this ammunition because they gave it to you. And people do not want to seem inconsistent in what they said. People, when they say something, they tell you that something is factual and that's the way that they view the world. And then you use that. In the pitch and the close, they're not going to go against it because they they don't want to seem as a liar, right? And so just by asking questions and letting them say it, a lot of times I'll have agents, will ask yes and no questions. And they'll be right. like, well, you want this, right? And they're like, yes, that's not the same thing. You have to have the client say the words, start the questions with what or how. So that they explain it from their own words. And that's your discovery phase. That's like the client discovery. So you have the introduction, you got the discovery. And then last it's just, Hey, let's do a roll up just to make sure that I understand everything. And I like to do an empathy phase where I go back and say, Hey, it sounds to me like, and I tell the story because stories sell instead of me coming up with a story, instead of me talking about a story about a client that means nothing to them. I tell them their story. Based right. on everything that they told me, and I use their words, but I, I say it in my own words, and I try to make it real dramatic, right? I'm like channeling my inner Morgan Freeman. I'm like, so it sounds to me. It sounds to me like the reason that we're meeting together is because six months ago, your friend passed away, and you said, oh, shit. They don't have any insurance. And you saw what happened to their family, and it made you think, I don't have any insurance either. And you are like, I don't want to end up like that. So you started looking and you've been looking for about six months. You've talked to some other agents, but they didn't understand you. They didn't even talk to you. They just started throwing policies at you and they did not take the time to know who you were or what you were trying to protect. And so you've been dragging your feet, but you know, just as well as I do that with more time, this is just going to get harder yet. And it's going to get more expensive and we're not promised tomorrow. So you're trying to get this done as soon as possible. Is that all about right? And they're like, yeah. All right, like, you understand me, and then yep. I'm like, boom, close.
0: <laughs> so, what I, what I want people to hear in this is because uh, every time we talk this way, we usually get a message from somebody who goes, Oh, y'all are just trying to manipulate people, and that's not the truth.
2: No, it's not right
0: because people sit across from us, they're just trying to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to help them make the right damn decision. And oftentimes if they can hear the words that they're saying repeated back to them, yep. it helps them make the right decision. So it's not about getting one over on them. It's not about winning every type deal type thing. It's a hundred percent helping them make the right decision. And, and I just want people to, to hear that because, uh, we are going to get the hate mail anyway. Oh
2: yeah, that person doesn't understand the difference between manipulation and influence. Okay, correct. Yeah, manipulation means I'm going to get you to do something that does not benefit you whatsoever. It only benefits me. Mm-hmm. Influence is I'm going to get you to do something that does benefit you. It may also benefit me because I'm getting paid for my service. I'm a professional. I'm going to get
0: paid. Well, for my it better in a benefit, you know benefit you. Otherwise, why would we do it in the first why place? I would do it exactly?
2: But I'm putting them in a better position by them. But and I do. I take my time to put them into a, a specifically honed and, and and designed policy that's made for their situation based on the things that they told me. I'm not putting them in a cut, cookie cutter position, right? So influence is just getting them to do the thing. That is going to put them in a better position, which it will. And they told me that's what they're looking for because they told me their story. I'm just using different tactics to pull all of this information out, so that when it comes time to close, I, I the perfect sale for me is when they look at me and say, "That's
0: absolutely right. How do I get this taken care of?" Yep, let's get started. That that to me is the perfect sale. Is there is no close, they're coming to you, and at the end, going, "How do we get started?" Right? You know, that's when you know you've had that perfect conversation. Yep. Greg, how many years have you been doing this?
2: Uh, this is my sixth year in insurance sales.
0: How many years have you been selling all altogether? Uh, my entire life. Right. So <laughs> what, I, what I want people to, to hear is, you know, this wasn't like an overnight thing of, you know, you woke up one day and all of a sudden with this miraculous freaking rock star, you know, sales guy, you know, yeah. this is something that you formed over time, putting this all together. Well, realistic. put it in context. I think everybody's been selling their whole life. I agree. I because agree. Because sales is influence. Um, when you were a
2: kid and you wanted to go spend the night at your friend's house, kids are the grounded.
0: best salespeople on the fucking they planet. Are. Let's be
2: honest, man. I mean, when we wanted something from our parents, we would sell our asses off to get it. Right? <laughs> and it would be like, dude, mom, 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 let me go to Bobby's house because if you please let me, come on, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna clean your car. I'm gonna do all the dishes for a week, blah, blah, blah. and like. You're, that that's the same exact tactics. You're just influencing to get what it is that you want, period. And stuff. So I, and I, I tell people all the time, like, like, I'm not good at sales. You are good at sales. You just, you're not seeing sales and influence in the same manner. And I bet you, you've sold on, you sell on a daily basis. You sell an idea, you sell, um, you know, maybe, maybe you just went to an awesome restaurant. You're like, dude, you gotta go to this restaurant. And you're telling him all about the great service you're selling your friend. On the idea of going to that restaurant, which they probably will, and then they come back and they like, "Dude, you're so right!" And now you have this great conversation about it, and you feel great, you feel good that you were the one that recommended them to go.
1: Well, everyone so, has this picture, this image in their head when you say that you know, when you introduce, "Oh, well, I'm a salesperson," they immediately think used cars yeah. <laughs> yeah. or insurance, and I do, so don't take that the wrong way. But you know, yeah. they they've all had that experience of who they've been sold to buy uh, so that they think that's what sales is when usually they're their interaction with salespeople has been on a very transactional level and the people are just trying to get them in and out as quickly as possible. So they're using all the worst techniques ever created for sales by man. Uh, and they're not actually working with the professional salesperson who's going in and doing the solution selling piece where they're actually getting to know them and talking and having real conversations and mm-hmm. coming up with that really cool solution. And, and so, you know, I, I think that's a big part. Cause my mom's like that as well. She's like, Oh, I could never do sales. I'm like, Really? You you just negotiated a vendor down by 20%. You didn't sell them on that concept. You, you totally can do sales. So, you know, it's, it's just people have this weird picture in their head of what sales is and it's never the right picture.
2: If you're, if you're watching this and you're thinking like, and you're like, no, Donnie, Kevin and Greg don't understand me. I, (laughs) I, I, I wouldn't be good at sales. Go read the book. To Sell is Human by Daniel
0: Pink. Yep. It's a fantastic I actually haven't book. read that one. Right? It's a fantastic book. I usually avoid sales down. books because, because so it's fascinating to me. You recommend because I, I avoid sales books only because it's typically shit and it's usually transactional salespeople teaching this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've always sold B2B, you know, and, and, you know, gone that direction, except for the couple of years doing HVAC. So, if you do transactional sales methodology in B two B sales, you're going to get your fucking teeth kicked in. Yeah, so, so it's a, it's a,
2: it is a different beast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I like. That.
2: I, I want to say Daniel Pink is a psychologist. I'm not he's sure Arroyo, was he's, a a back mar- Arroyo, he's a marketer. He's he, it's he's not technically a salesperson. He's more talking about concepts. So. Okay it's a great, it's a great book. It doesn't have any sales has no sales tactics in it. It's really talking about the, Oh, now
0: books. I'm really that's fascinated. A, that's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really fast because a lot of these guys try to teach tactics and that's where they lose me. Um, that's so, a great book. that's, so what happens to a person when you tell them this, you know, like you're selling all the time and you're, trying to convince people to do things with them. What happens from the person that's able to talk to a friend and neighbor and convince them to go to a movie or where to eat dinner, blah, blah, blah. What happens when they now get put in front of somebody and have to sell their own services or their own wares? Why is there such a mental shift between one conversation and the other? When in sense, it's the same damn conversation.
2: I think it's because they're not bought into the actual product that they're selling. They don't believe in it. Right. Yeah, like that's the first and foremost. Whatever you're selling, if you're trying to do it for a business, right? So you're selling those fucking widget spinners in the mall. <laughs> You know, and
0: you're like, well, it could never be a salesman. I'm back glad back. I never did a kiosk sales just for the like, record. Oh, <laughs> kiosk, yeah. <laughs> gotta, dude, that's got to be, that's just as hard as like door knocking. Oh, that's got to be, yeah, yeah. Some of the hardest sales on the planet because you're literally interrupting somebody that's <laughs> walking through the mall. And you're like, hey, you want this? You know. And you're almost like
2: spinning it in their face.
0: <laughs> right. like, eh, like, you you know, you get want get it. Stuff. <laughs> so, but yet,
1: Donnie, you went to a Ren fair and became the hawker for you and well but and that's a
0: real story i dressed up as a pirate my brother does wood turning things uh-huh. and i was hawking out there yelling my brother makes these pirate mugs and i was like hey come this way you're gonna get mugged um pointing to the mug right and i'm out there just hawking my ass off yeah. the difference being i actually love the product because it's freaking amazing that they made it and yeah. two i got to make a complete ass of myself which really led to a good damn time yeah yeah it was
2: it's funny stories right yeah. Here's the yeah. thing: is that like, is, is that most times when people aren't aren't doing well in sales, it's because they're not throwing themselves in, right? They're not. They don't believe yeah. the project. Or they there's there's three different types of fears. There's the fear of failure. Yep. There's the fear of success, but there's also the fear of rejection. People thinking yep. negatively about you. Here's the thing, man. No matter what you do, if if you're sitting here, listen. If you're sitting on your couch, listen. This. There's somebody out there that's going to judge you that you're sitting on your fat ass and you ain't doing shit. So no matter what you do, someone's going to judge you. So you might as well just do something that you want to do and go throw yourself a hundred percent into it and realize that it doesn't fucking matter what people think. It only matters. if self-worth comes from within. So
0: I I love that idea. I'd love to choose where I get judged. If I'm going to get judged, at least let me choose what you're judging me on. Right. And if I happen to make some money out of it, even better. That's a cool fucking twist and perspective. So go out there and dress up like a fucking pirate and go run
2: <laughs> to people like are are you gonna get mugged and I'm like why the yeah. fuck not? The other stupid you know? thing
0: I would yell is like you know come this way I promise you won't get mugged trust me I'm a pirate and people would laugh their ass off it was it was, it was great it was yeah. great you know um, and I love that whole concept of getting choosing where you get you know rejected from so where do start? you know, cause we always come at it from a cold perspective. You're coming at it from leads. So is, is this a paid advertising, paid marketing? Is that how you're getting business coming in lead ways? Or are you teaching cold side too?
2: I teach cold side too. Okay. I teach, okay. I, I teach social media marketing, uh, okay. and how to like tap into your war market. I teach how to basically like every single person just about across, you know, any industry, if you start in a sales position, you do have a network of people and there's probably somebody in there that is interested in buying the product that you have. It's all about the, uh, the approach, right? So when I first started in insurance, one company I, that wanted to start me with, they were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and we're going to text a hundred of your friends and family in your contact list.
0: Fuck no, you aren't. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it
2: seems weird. And it was just like, like, Hey, I got to start a new business opportunity. Let's have a conversation. And so- <laughs> Instead of like, you keep like, your
0: opportunities open. I have a seven <laughs> o'clock meeting on a Wednesday night and you can invite three of your friends. They'll invite three of their friends and, you know, <laughs> it's, and like it's, dude,
2: it's, it's so spammy. People know what it is. Instead, what I tell people is when you start something new, be very transparent and authentic and say, Hey, look, I just started an insurance. I would like to have a conversation. I don't know if what I have can fit and I don't know if it's something that you're looking for. All I'm asking is for a conversation. And if it's not something you're interested in, all I ask is that you tell me so that I don't waste your time. Is that, can, can you agree to that? And now like, the key yeah. to
0: there is you got to be authentic as fuck. When you say that you cannot nope. be manipulating that moment. If you look at yeah. somebody and say, if it's not a fit, let me know. You got to be okay. If it's not a fit. Exactly. Right, and then, if you don't and have if, that conviction, you're fucked.
2: And then if they say, usually people will be like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like, and it's like, "Hey, like, honestly, I want you to tell me because I don't want to waste my time either." And if if it seems like it's something you're interested in, we'll just keep going, right? I'll just keep telling you about the opportunity, right? And and that's our agreement, right? And you're like, "Yeah." So if if it's not a fit, you're gonna tell me right away. That way, I don't waste your time, and you don't waste mine, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Well, and-
1: okay. And one of the things that we teach is, which fits right in with what you just said, is you should be in those sales meetings. You should be working on disqualifying them. You're not yes. trying to qualify your prospect. You're not trying to Dead find that the one middle. reason why they should do it. You're trying to find all the reasons why they shouldn't. So it's yeah. you, can, you can also be good saying, you know what, I don't think I'm a good fit for you you know, let me introduce you to so-and-so, but you know, setting that up front. Cause you know, it's always funny when you tell a prospect, yeah, I'm not going to sell to you. Uh, but, and then they just want it more and yeah, it's like, well, it no, releases,
2: any- it releases the need for that sale, which takes away like the commission breath and all that. Yep. If you take away the need for the sale starting off, then you focus more on, What's their situation? Can I even help? And it's more on a heart of service. It's more of like, let me find out about them. Let me see if I can serve them. And if I can't, I'm going to honestly tell you like, hey, dude, based on your situation, I cannot help you, which is fine. But I do know people that can. Let me go and refer you. Yep. So, yeah,
0: it's the ability to go in and just have real conversations is the biggest game changer for anybody in a sales position. Yes. You know, if you can't have these legitimate authentic conversations then you're going to be in stuck every time you try and talk to somebody it just it doesn't work when you're trying to either a sell something you don't give a shit about b you're trying to force a deal to get closed because you're so desperate you need the damn money you've got to be willing to walk away from those conversations to move forward so somebody go ahead you want to add that? go saying, ahead
2: I want to I want to tell a story about that
0: but Come on come on
2: So um when i I went in 2020 in march of 2020 i went remote obviously most people did but i was one of the very few in my company at the time that was going remote like everyone else was like we're still going home because insurance was essential services i was like fuck that man i'm gonna go remote because i can like run way more appointments without having to put all this mileage on my car and people are primed for it right and i was like what if i'm a carrier and they like sit with somebody that's in their 70s they got diabetes and they die i'll feel responsible so i just went remote So when I first started going remote, I completely, no one taught me. I just did this all myself and I felt like. I need to have some way to like generate rapport. Kind of like I was talking about earlier, right? Yep. So I had this whole script, which was like, I had a PDF. It was beautiful. And I would share my screen. I'd get on zoom and I'd be like, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. These are my licenses. This is this, this is that. This is what I'm talking about. This is everything he does. Here's a picture of me in the military. Here's a picture of me and my kids. Relatability, relatability, bup, up, up, up. Like five minutes opening up, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then I would jump into the appointment. And so I... I my closing ratio during this time frame was about 60%, which isn't terrible. Like now and I and it was I was new to remote, like typically in the home I was like a 75% closer. But it was like 60%. And so um, one day I had every once in a while, I had people that did not like zoom or they weren't good at zoom, right? They're like, I don't know to zoom, but they would have an iPhone. So I'd be like, I will just FaceTime you. Right. But I hated FaceTime appointments because I couldn't share my screen and I couldn't show my beautiful PDF. <laughs> and I couldn't do all the stuff. Right. So I was like, so yeah. I'm like, fuck FaceTime. Well, I had this late appointment. So there's two two lessons here. One, go to every fucking appointment, all right? Yes. So I had this eight o'clock appointment. I'd already already gone gangbusters that day. I think I'd sold like 10K that day. And I was just like, man, I'm on a fucking roll today. This is great. And um, eight o'clock hits. And I was like, man, I'm fucking tired. I haven't ate dinner. I was like literally back-to-back schedule all day. And I, I considered not going because I remember setting that appointment on the phone and the guy was very kind of standoffish. And I, I usually rate when I set an appointment, like, is it one, two or three? And if it's like kind of standoffish, it's like a one and a half. Like right. this guy is probably not going to buy, like, he's just going to be difficult. I can tell, like asking him questions, it was hard drawing information out. And so, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just, this is little one through with the mind. I was like, I'm just going to disqualify this guy right the fuck away. I'm going to FaceTime him. I'm going to disqualify him. I'm going to get off the phone. I'm going to eat some dinner. And then I'm going to go fucking chill in my bed. Right? Yep. Because I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So I got on the I got on the FaceTime. I didn't give a shit about the PDF. And I was like, yo, bro. I was literally just like, what's up, bro? Hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to do that. And I, I did my intro. And he was like, okay, dope. So, Uh so dude, I was in an application. I was writing an application five minutes into that appointment. I was off the phone in 15 minutes. I was like, the fuck just happened? Kevin and I both
0: got that story.
2: And so, so literally, I was like, I'm going to try this again. Maybe that was a fluke. So, I (laughs) started, like, the next day, my appointments, I did the same thing. I did the opening that way. No PDF, even on Zoom. Sold. Yep. So Sold. Yep. Sold. my closing ratio jumped to 90%. And I realized, A, people don't, don't give a shit about me. Nope. They don't give a fuck. B, I'm just being authentic. Yep. I just authentic yep. conversation.
0: So, 90% close ratio, people are going to hear that and be like, "Oh my fucking god. So let me put some some parameters on this. One, he'd already set the appointment originally, so there was some interest yep. in the product, right? So that helps tremendously. Two, he took all the BS and fluff out. And when you take the BS and fluff out, you know, I learned and the way I learned it. And Kevin has a very similar story. Whatever I take with me on a sales call, I'm going to fucking use. It's going to become a crutch at some point, And I'm going to bring it into the call. So I take jack shit with me. Yeah. So I love the fact that and I don't know why everybody stumbles into this shit. And like nobody ever taught me, hey, don't take anything with you on a sales call. I just literally one day left my office and left my presentation three ring binder behind. And my choice was to go back and get the fucking binder or make the appointment on time. And I decided to make the appointment on time. And I didn't have my freaking crutches of the fucking binder. And all I could do was go ask questions because I didn't know what else to fucking talk about. And they became one of my biggest accounts. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, we always stumble into that shit, but uh, I, I just love the authenticity behind it. And it's amazing what happens If you just show up and keep going and you continue to get to a point where you can throw out the script and you're static. This is what I do here. This is my move here. This is my move here. Uh You know, as part of the entire presentation. And also,
2: I mean, by that time I had been in the field, I'd already sold over close to a million dollars of insurance by this time. So I'd been in the field for a few years i like i was really good with objections i was really good with having a conversation i knew the ins and outs i was already doing the socratic method i just kind of took out that front bullshit piece and what i kind of realized is like they're already qualified as a client they already know i'm the insurance guy i've already had a conversation the first time to set up the appointment they showed up to the appointment which means that they trust me enough to show up to this appointment and now i'm taking myself back to step one and and like like oh let me good to start from the yeah. beginning again and tell you who I am and like make you feel good about. Me. They don't give oh, a shit. So
0: why do people do that? Why do they feel the need that they got to share their story? I mean, I'm, and I'm really asking from your perspective of why did you feel you it go. was so important? There you go. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good to have somebody to go. Hey, that's awesome. Well done. Because that's that's the only reason we're fucking telling you, is that we want somebody to be impressed with our story and the fucking journey we've lived right it's the only reason to go through it uh and and staunching that or stomping that ego out of the way that's a bitch to do do you Which, think the the, the
2: ego was all about you right 100 and then at that point you're making the sale about you the sale is not about you the sale is about the client
0: 100 percent. do you yeah. think you would have got there uh pulling out your bio and your story had you not found yourself in that tired ass situation?
2: Um, I mean, I, that's a good question. I think eventually it would have happened, but probably in a, in a, in a very similar situation, just down the road. Um, I think things happen for a reason sometimes, like I was kind of banging my head up against the wall at this time, trying to like raise all my metrics. Cause I'm like, well, my show ratio was at the time was 50%. So it's like, Hey, I need to buy X amount of leads out of my leads, the answer ratio of the leads I was buying was like 75%. So I, and I'd set and I said hundred percent of people I talked to very intentional leads. So I'm like, I'm setting 75% of the appointments of leads I'm getting, but 50% of them are showing. And out of those 50%, I got a 60% um, sale ratio. And I was like playing around with the sales as much as I could. And I couldn't get that 60% to change. So I was like, well, maybe I can increase my, if I increase my show ratio, that's going to give me more sales too, right? So I was like, maybe I'm just going to work on my show ratio. Maybe I'll work on my initial interview or my initial appointment setting call to generate more interest, which I did end up raising that. And I saw it more as like, I, instead of giving them a bunch of information, I, I do a, like what I call the movie trailer method right so it's like i'm giving them just enough to make them want to show t- yep. to entice their curiosity it's like hey you ever see that movie trailer well like you can see it, it's like the whole fucking movie in the movie trailer and you're like eh, i got it like i that, I know what it is or you see the movie trailer and you're like what the fuck is that i have no idea what it is and i have no interest in seeing it right that's what happens a lot of times on that first call where people are like well i can't tell them it's about this why the fuck not let's <laughs> tell them what the hell you're doing, like. Like I have, this is a big in interest. I'm sure it's probably in other industries, but they'll be like, they'll they'll start the call I'm like, I'm from the Senior Benefits Center. One that doesn't fucking exist. Stop saying that. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Just be like, Yo, I'm Greg. I got you. You filled out an ad. My name's Greg. It came to me. I'm here to help you to find what you're looking for in terms of your final expenses, burial plans, or life insurance. I need to have a quick. Call, call with you my call today is just to see when you're available and to find out if this is even a good fit for you is that fair
0: done where does uh, that confidence come from to be able to do that because for, for most and people that
2: in quite a bit
0: <laughs> right I, I just, <laughs> you know you've done the same you've talked to so many damn people that when you say that there's some part of them going well greg's just built that way he can have those type of conversations i'm not built that way I can't talk that way. Right. So oh, no, you know, you
2: can't. anyone can
0: for sure. Yeah.
2: Dude, my yeah. first dude, my first fucking like six months in the field, I would go in the house. would I, and I, and I, I would dress up in a, uh, I would have a button up or I'd have a suit on. <laughs> right. I felt like I had to look professional. Yep. Bro. I, I'm already a big human being. Like it takes a
0: lot of energy. Oh yeah. Power. I forgot. Tell them how tall you are. I forgot. I'm
2: six, seven. And right, so I weighed myself this morning. I'm 233, but I'm like 6% body fat right now. So I'm cutting. <laughs> so, Jesus. so, um, I would go in the house and I would sweat. So from the second I sat down, I would just sit down and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then the beads of sweat was just start pouring down. And then like, you'd see like sweat coming down like bad and sweat would start pouring into
0: <laughs> your pits and all that. And, my dude. Pants,
2: and, and like, people would literally be like, are you okay? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they would just look at me like, are, are you hot? I'm, I'm like, I'm like, don't worry about me. I'm just a large dude. My metabolism's fast. I, you could put me in a refrigerated room. I'd still sweat like this. Like, and I'd just play it off, but I was so nervous that, and, and I would stutter too. And I'd be like all kinds of fucked up. But then I got to a point where I just stopped giving a fuck. Cause I it, like, I went to an appointment one time. I was like at the gym and and the workout went long. I lost track of time and I got done. I was like, I don't have time to shower and change back and make it to this (laughs) appointment. So I fucking went in my workout clothes and I put on a backwards hat and I walked up and I sold that bitch.
0: And I realized,
2: (laughs) I realized they don't give a fuck what I look like. They don't care about me.
0: Like, (laughs) Tell them the story about how you used to tell people... To well, what to look for as you were walking up to their house. What were some of the things you would tell to describe yourself as you walked up to your house? We talked about it on your podcast, and I was like, Oh, it makes sense.
2: Yeah. So, so, um, I what I was trying to do is I I was doing tie downs at the end of the appointment. And I, so, um, one of the things I learned in the military was elicitation. So, the when people have elicitation, a really good elicitor focuses on the start of the conversation and the end. Cause that's what people mostly remember is the, how it starts and how it ends. Everything in the middle is kind of like blurred. That's where you want to get the information, but you want them to end the conversation like on a high note or funny or something like that. So when I was ending my conversations getting I, at the appointment set, I would let them know I would tie it down and be like, Hey, look um, for your house. Does, do you have a driveway or is it like we were in Texas? So some of the driveways are in the back the alleyway. So it's like, hey, do you have a driveway in the front or the back? And they're like, oh, it's in the front. And I'm like, hey, do you mind if I park in the driveway or do you want me to park in the street? And they're like, oh, you can park in the driveway. I'm like, perfect. And now I'm like going in explanation mode. I'm very being very detailed because I want them to know what to look for. So I'll say, hey, I drive a black Ford Expedition. All right. So you'll, when you see me pull up, you know it's me. Now, when I get out of the car, don't be alarmed because I'm about 6'7", 250. So I'm a massive dude. In fact, I look like I play for the Dallas Cowboys. Don't ask me for an autograph. It will do you no good. I'll <laughs> sign anything you want, but it won't do you any good. And they, and they laugh every single time. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm that big. <laughs> and like, okay.
0: But what and it's it cool report," Yeah, dude.
2: Cause then they saw me, they would be like, holy shit, you are that big. And it was and like, as soon as they said that, I'm literally like ducking my head in the door. I'm like, yep, I told you. And I'm like <laughs> leaning into the door and just getting inside so
0: that's so awesome like so awesome. kevin you were gonna ask something i interrupted you
1: no i i was uh, kind of stalking your linkedin and you had a post that just i, I kept coming back to and wanted to talk to you about it. i thought it was really cool because i had, it was different than how i had seen it before it was the four cycles of a sales professional
2: oh yeah you uh, like that
1: yeah i like that i'm like oh Let's that's a completely different down. way yeah. yeah. So, and, and the first three were exactly how I remembered them. Uh, your fourth one was a little bit different. Yeah. So, you know, normally it ends with the unconscious competence where you just know you're doing stuff, but you forgot why you're doing it. Yours ends with unconscious incompetence.
2: No, no, it should be unconscious competence. Did I say No, that's what it's. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at the texts? Are you looking yes. at the, are you listening?
1: No, I was reading through the posts. Oh, so, sweet. we just caught you I'm in a, a fucking I, it well. I, did it well. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool!" And well, and I thought it was really interesting because it's like, "All right, so yeah," because when you think about it, when people go through the sales cycle and through a sa- you know sales development, there's a lot of times where they will stop doing the right things because they think they know everything, and they yeah. kind of go back into that unconscious incompetence where they don't realize they're screwing stuff up because they're just, "Ooh, I'm just, just that good." Which so is I, also true. I, Yeah, so I thought it was really a cool way to put it. So, and that's why I brought it up. It wasn't to, you know, to throw you out under the bus for having a typo. No,
2: no, that that was a fuck up on my part. I just (laughs) that was a typo. I no I. I like how you like wrapped it around. I feel like yeah. that happens more in the conscious competence cycle where you're in the conscious competence. You know what you got to do. You still kind of need some help. You got to hold on. Let's
0: back up two oh. seconds. Give them all four cycles. What's the four cycles first? And then, okay, then so the in.
2: four cycles of a sales professional is the first one's called in, uh, uh, unconscious incompetence. That means you don't know what you don't know. So you're just starting new and you're like, oh, this is great. And you, and you have no idea what's going on. You're just a sponge, right? And you don't spend much time there because you very quickly go to the conscious incompetence. And that's where you're like, holy shit, this is a lot of stuff. And it's like, you know what you don't know. And it's all these things and scripts and products and uh, scheduling and running a business and managing your finance, all this shit, right? So that's when you start to realize there's a lot to this and you don't know anything. And so that's typically where you need to get the most coaching. And that's what what I would say is like you have the in the first cycle, it's very, very little coaching. It's more like your onboarding process, right? And then the second cycle is where all the coaching happens. This is where you have somebody that you're shadowing and they're doing everything and you're just watching, right? This is in a really good sales environment. This is how it should be. Now, the transition between cycle two and cycle three, cycle three is called conscious competence. This is where you know what needs to be done you know everything and how to do it and you're starting to do it. Now, this is where this, the coaching shifts to where where you were watching and they were doing, now you're doing and they're watching and making sure that you're staying up and doing all those things. The transition between those two is where most salespeople fail. This is where this is where like, like for insurance, it's 92% of insurance agents fail. Only eight percent succeed. Which is wow. disgusting to me. That's a disgusting number, but I think it's because of the systems and the processes that most insurance companies have, or care, or most have. Anywho, um, that 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 transition is called the pit of despair, and that's in nine times out of ten, people crawl into the pit of despair by themselves. They like literally crawl, climb down the ladder, and they're like, "Oh, poor me. I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> and and the longer they're in there, the deeper they get. It's like getting in a rut, right? And so that typically happens because they didn't have the right coaching and they don't know how to transition to do those things themselves or they're overwhelmed. It's like so much they're learning. They get overwhelmed that they just kind of throw themselves. They like lunge their body into the pit of despair and they're like, I can't do it, right? So now you're in the conscious competence phase. The transition from conscious competence to unconscious competence, most people that are like in the conscious competence phase, they think that they're unconsciously competent. They're not, nine times out of ten. They're not unconsciously competent. This is like, this is like brushing your teeth kind of competence. Like you don't even do, when's the last time that you brush your teeth and you thought about moving your hand. Right. It just happened. <laughs> like you just, like you just went through the motions. You, you put no thought to it and you just fucking did it. Like that's unconscious. When somebody can ask you and we can have a normal natural conversation right here like donnie was asking me stuff and i can repeat it off the fly it's because i've said this shit fucking thousands of mm. times and yeah. i can say it just normally and naturally that's because i'm unconscious about it right to get to that unconscious level where you're inc- unconscious that means you've been doing it so long and you've practiced it so much like someone could wake me up in the dead of night and be like greg the house is on fire hey and the client says they want to think about it and i'm going to be like hey in order to think about or in order to make a decision you don't got to think about it you just need information i'm the guy's going to give you information so what are your concerns and they're going to be like oh and then they're going to jump in and start telling me right <laughs> so like i know I exactly what house. it is to say <laughs> automatically like if you could do that right if you like get woken up or or get surprised and like you know exactly where to start that's unconscious okay and so, um, to, to, to Kevin's point, uh, a lot of times you'll get consciously competent, and you'll be like, oh, "I'm consciously competent, or I'm I'm good, I know my shit." Right? And I, this happened to me too. You will stop doing the basics, and you'll go all the way back to the to the uh, conscious incompetence because you'll stop, or the unconscious incompetence because you don't even know it. You'll stop doing the basics, you'll stop doing the training, and all of a sudden, your metrics are starting to fall, and your sales are starting to go down. And you're gonna be like, man, these leads suck. Man, these people, are, these, all these people are poor. Man, this, that, the other. You're blaming everyone else. And what's actually happening is you stop doing the fundamentals. You stop mm-hmm. doing the basics. And I'm telling you, energy is a big. I, I believe in this shit. Like your vibrational pattern, your energy, people can tell that shit. And when you think that you're you're cocky about it, people will feel that. And they'll be like, and every excuse if someone tells me like, oh, I don't have the money, or this at the other, or I need time, and they're like, they're just set on it. I don't blame them. I blame me. Yep. They did not yep. trust. They did not trust me. There was something that I did, and they didn't trust me. Yep. Yeah. That's when it. I was doing,
1: when I was doing the Nextel sales, when they launched in uh, Minneapolis, you know, I was uh, I sucked right away because I was still using their binder. And, you know, just like Donnie had his story about the transition, I had mine where I went from using the binder to doing a much more questioning uh, type discussion with them where I found out, you know, what was going on with their business and all this stuff. And I really got heavy into selling the... Uh, their data products, like the GPS tracking and dispatching and all the really cool stuff, and actually building a a wireless solution that was fixing their problem. Well, it got to the point where I was really good at that. And I was, you know, instead of selling a $50 a month rate plan, I was selling $150 a month for all my clients. And it was tripling their bill, but they're all all happy about it. Um, One of the things I did that I found once I got really good at it was, I was like, well, now I know what my clients need. I know their issues. And I completely shifted my questioning process to get the answers I wanted because I already knew what they were going to say as opposed to letting them go through that discovery process, which was the benefit for them. Even though I knew what they were going to say, them getting to say it was actually the benefit. Uh, And, you know, and it just screwed me up, totally screwed me up. I was now not getting the sales I was supposed to because I was like, oh, I know, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to ask these questions anymore.
0: Yeah. Dude, guys, I got to tell you, this has been a hell of a conversation, man. Greg, we could sit here and do this all day. You get a bunch of sales guys together that fucking love sales and, yeah. and we'll keep geeking out on it. How do people get in touch with you? Um, tell them about your podcast too because you, one of your last guests was one of the best guests you've ever had and he was so fucking rocks. It was me. Um, <laughs> but-
2: <laughs> dude, you're uh, awesome. A lot, of, a lot of people were texting me and they are like, dude, I fucking love Dottie. I love everything you were saying. <laughs> um, So, so if you want to follow me, the best place to follow me is my Instagram. It is Gregory a Birch B I R C H like the tree underscore. And, um, I put, I post content daily. I do reels daily on sales, leadership, mindset, marketing. Um, and then you can follow me on LinkedIn under Greg Birch. You can find me on Facebook under Greg Birch and, um, my podcast is called "Be the Difference" podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube. You can find on any of those channels. And um, by, so, my company is called Delta. Delta. I have two companies: Delta Financial and Delta Fit. And Delta Financial is my insurance side, and Delta Fit is my coaching side for fitness and uh, basically fitness mindset and elite coaching. And uh, Delta is a Delta symbol that. Um, is the difference or the change between two things. And so my, my moniker is be the difference and let's be the difference in your life, be the difference to other people, be the difference in your industry and always try to improve and become the best version of
0: yourself. So, um, if you want to hit me on awesome.
2: those, let me know. And, dude. Uh, and you.
0: I've seen some of your Instagram. You're a fucking beast, man. One of your last pictures of you working I'm like Jesus Christ, <laughs> you do look yeah. like a fucking Dallas cowboy.
2: So, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a dude, man. My, my, uh, my workout regime in the last like month has been kicked up in overdrive because i got a coach, and, uh, dude, my, <laughs> my masculinity <laughs> is on point
0: right now. That's awesome. Well, my friend, thanks for doing this. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. You keep rocking. Guys, make sure you go follow this dude. He's putting out some good shit, and he's going to change the world, so keep a close eye on him. Thanks for doing this, bud. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.